Moments with Andy, the podcast. Brought to you by 100.3 and 102.7 The Point and The Night Show. My name is Andy. Thanks for spending a moment here with me. It is Friday, June 12th. Now, if you are wanting to quit smoking, or if you have quit smoking before, or if you smoke but don't ever want to quit, well, let's just talk here a little bit about quitting. Not that I'm trying to get you to do so, but some new interesting, I guess we'll call it research here, coming out. And finding that, I don't know if this is the most effective way to quit smoking, but at least when it's compared to what they call these secession aids, such as gums, patches, hypnosis, and counseling, they found uh, these researchers, by the way, where are they from? I should have looked this up here, um... Anyways, no matter. These are sciencey type people. Dr. Scott Scott Halpern is one of them. Doesn't mention where he's from here at the moment. And what they did in the study is they checked out about 2,500 people and compared what they say the effectiveness of four financial incentive smoking cessation programs with typical anti-smoking strategies. But to basically boil it down is what they did is they um, they found the most effective method to have work on folks who wanted to quit smoking is they would have them put money on the line. So they would say, okay, well, if you put $150 into, not really a bank account, but if you put 150 bucks down and you're only going to get that money back if you effectively quit smoking, that seemed to be the kind of way to get it going. Now, it was when they also tried, I think, giving folks like, hey, if you quit smoking, we will give you whatever it is. And they found that that kind of worked too, but what seemed to have the most effect was people not so much being able to win or gain money when their uh, quitting was on the line, but rather them not wanting to lose money. So, I don't know, interesting there, a tip perhaps if that's something you want to try or somebody you know who wants to try and quit smoking is, and hey, maybe it's a good way for you to make some money off of your sucker friends, is say, hey, you want to quit smoking? Give me 150 bucks. I promise I'll give it back to you if you quit smoking within the month. Best case scenario, they quit smoking, they get their money back. Other best case scenario is they don't, and you get 150 bucks from them. Let me know what you think. Andy at kwpt.com. Reading something here from sciencetimes.com, which won't be shocking, and it almost sounds like something we had chatted about a while back on the night show and it was a previous study just dealing with I think air pollution how it's not healthy for children it was something about studies done by schools that are closer to a lot of traffic where there's a lot of exhaust from cars has an adverse effect on children's brains and development okay so not surprising air pollution doubt it's good for anybody but another study here dealing with air pollution and this is more on adult brains and Uh, The study found that of 943 healthy older adults, that air pollution that was typically found in urban and suburban areas could actually shrink their brains by 0.32%. They say that's equivalent of about one year of aging. And again, this was on a study of 943 adults. Uh, They say the findings don't prove that air pollution directly causes brain changes, but researchers think that it may cause inflammation perhaps in brain tissues. They say living in smog-dense areas also linked to a 46% increase in the risk for silent strokes, which are associated with cognitive decline and dementia. So basically, long-term exposure to air pollution, harmful effects on the brain even at low levels, says the studies offer. 
author, rather. And they also mention nearly 60% of Americans live in areas with damaging air pollution, according to the American Lung Association. So in general, again, interesting, but good for us to remember. And I'd say most of us here in Humboldt County, pretty lucky, we're away from a lot of air pollution. So if you have trouble getting up, as some of us do, perhaps especially if it's an early morning, we've got some good news for you. And yes, it's going to be dealing with coffee, but also should mention that this is not getting up in the sense that most of us perhaps are thinking of. This is getting up in the sense of, you know, there could be children listening. I know it's late, but I want to keep this a family-friendly show. Uh, can I call it ED? We all, you know, us grumps, we know what ED stands for, right? Well, a new study from the University of Texas found that drinking two cups of coffee a day lowers men's risk for ED, wink, wink, by 42%. That's pretty big. So, if you have trouble getting up in the mornings, coffee always tends to help. I didn't know it would help like this. It'll help you get up, well, more than just getting your body up and your eyes open in the morning. Well, here's another <laughs> cheers to a cup of coffee in the morning. This has been Moments with Andy, the podcast. Brought to you by 100.3 and 102.7 The Point and The Night Show. Like this podcast? Well, don't be ashamed. Be proud. Tell a friend or post a comment in the iTunes store. Every little bit of help, well, helps. Moments with Andy is made possible by a generous grant from the Horace P. and Nancy R. Shakey Foundation.